Oh, does any, just the feeling of that song, something about the words, the way he sings it, that last line, my sweetest downfall. I wanted us to start this morning in that place. And yeah, it's about Samson and there's a whole cancer story back narrative. Let's put that aside for a second. The series is called Stories That Have Changed Our Lives. And I want to tell you a story I've told you before, but I need to share it again because this one changed me. We were driving from Edmonton back to Calgary on the QE2. And if anyone knows on you know, a Sunday evening, that place is packed. This was years ago, and I was behind my then brother-in-law, and he was driving in front of us, and we were behind him, and ripping as fast as we can, trying not to get caught by speed traps. When suddenly out of nowhere, no signal, nothing, he just swerves, like, across three lanes of traffic and hits the shoulder. I'm like, what the... You know, I'm shoulder checking and signaling and I finally squeak my way over. I'm probably half a kilometer in front of him on the shoulder. Like, what in the world? Put the car in reverse, back it up, jump out of the car. I'm like, dude, what, what in the world? I assumed like car problems, something major. He's like, you didn't see that car behind us? I'd seen nothing. We both back up a little bit further. We see, we come into the car, knock on the window, a lady jumps out, probably mid fifties, impeccably dressed, looked lovely. We're like, hey, what's, what's going on? So I got a flat tire. Don't worry, don't worry, my husband's coming. We're like, we are literally formula one pit driver like people. We could have this thing changed. And we did. We like literally as fast as we humanly could. We're like two people like. And I remember throwing the, the, the flat tire in the trunk of her car and she's like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And I don't even know why I said it, but as I'm walking away, I was like, oh, hey, how long have you been waiting? She said two and a half hours. Two and a half hours She's been on the side of the QE2 in rush hour at the end of a weekend and not one person stopped. And here's the tough part. I wouldn't have stopped. I didn't even see her. We talked last week about the story of Samson. I couldn't even get into the story of Samson. I had to tell you the story of Samson's mother, this woman who had so many excuses, so many reasons why she could just check out of life and be like, whatever. But she didn't. And I asked the question, I said, because this is the question I'm asking myself. Could it be that the things that I have excuses for are the very things I need to work on. And so I asked us, because I've been asking myself, you know, when I say, hey, what about taking care of yourself? Does the butt come up? You're like, yeah, yeah, but, but. Are you killing at that? If you're killing at that, by the way, thumbs up, you're awesome, keep going. But if you feel the butts going through the roof, could it be 
that that's the area we need to work on. I said focus on I. What about focusing on them? The people around you. The people who are close to your family, your neighbors, random people who have broken down on the side of QE2. Are we seeing them? Or is there a butt coming up? But, but what about me? But I need something. But, you know, I'll do that for my partner, but I'll wait for them to do this first. Or, you know, but, you know, that person in my family, they're, you know, you don't know them, Vince. I was good at the eye. Focusing on them. Oh, the butts start coming up. That's the area I want to focus on today the them in our lives. The story of Samson starts, of course, with his mother. <laughs> Duh. But it starts with him being born. So I'm going to flip it around. I talked about his mother. I'm going to flip it around. Talk about Samson. Samson is born of a, a woman who's past childbearing years. In their culture, what you did is if you wanted to say somebody was important, you gave them a spectacular birth. Born of a woman who's barren. That's pretty good, huh? Couldn't have children. Older age, now suddenly she can have a child. John the Baptist, in Jesus' time, same thing. In the later stories of Jesus, he one-ups it. It's, it feels like he's always wanting to think John the Baptist. You know, my, my mom wasn't barren. My mom was a virgin. Ha-ha! And what it means is the narrators are saying, hey, in our culture, this is how we do it. This person is special. Virgin births were pretty common back in those days. Not literally, but the stories that said they were born of virgins. The Caesars were often born of virgins. The Roman leaders. Alexander the Great, one of the big stories is he was born of a virgin. How much more spectacular can you get? What it says is this person is important. Samson's born, again, spectacular. Hey, everyone look at Samson. He's born into a tradition that calls him uh, Shofet. We translate it into English. It doesn't really work. Probably a, a translation that would make more sense would be heroes. He's born to be a hero. He's consecrated. Remember that word from last week? Set aside to be a hero. For what? His purpose is to save his people, the nation of Israel, from their enemies, Philistines. The whole story is set in this idea of nation of Israel, Philistines. And his job is to do something to help his people against the Philistines. That's what he's consecrated for. That's his purpose in life. You know, you wake up and you're like, what's my purpose in life? I don't know. He knew his, or at least that's the way the story is told. You will be the one to save your people from those people. Now, we don't really know what's going on other than Samson is considered or told to be a Nazarite, which means there's three things he can't do. He can't drink strong drink. We think it's alcohol. Sucks to be him. Whatever. He can't shave his head. Also sucks to be him. And the final thing is um, he's not supposed to touch 
dead bodies. I looked up why this is. There's a bunch of myth around it. We don't actually know why the Nazarite vows was based on those three things. John the Baptist had similar ideas. It was kind of like they thought, if we didn't do these things, we would get something that would help us in this purpose of our life and our mission. Now, we don't really know uh, much about Samson at this point, other than his job, he's consecrated to fight against the Philistines. And so one day he's in this place called Timnah, and he walks through the street, and he sees a young woman. He's straight. He sees a young woman. He's like, hey, how you doing? Now, one of the things you have to know about Samson from our stories, we're not sure. He has some problems with women. He's got some challenges there. But he sees this woman, and he instantly falls in love, maybe healthily, maybe unhealthily, we're not sure. And he comes back to his parents, and he says, I want her for my wife. Here's the problem. She's a Philistine. This is kind of like... You know Zelensky, the leader of the Ukrainian people? He has a younger son. His younger son falls in love with a Russian girl and asks Zelensky, hey, can you get me for my wife? This is what we're dealing with here. His parents would have been horrified. Of all the people in the world, you want to marry a Philistine? You realize your entire life is consecrated against these people and you want to marry her. So this is Romeo and Juliet. So we already know a couple things about Samson. A little tricky with women. (laughs) He's got kind of tricky taste in women. But it's almost like he doesn't quite get what his purpose in life is. But it's this story that helps us. As he's coming back from Timnah, he's in a graveyard and he hears the sound of a roar of a lion. There's something interesting about us and large cats. The other day, uh, last year I was biking in McLean Creek, 35, 45 minutes away. It's coming around a corner and I saw the back end of an adult lion. Like, think about in the zoo, you know, the like tawny colored, the tail with the fluff on the end of the tail. I saw that on the trail in front of me, probably about from here to Marcy, away from me. I don't even remember breaking. I just instantly froze, like everything in me just locked down. It's like I have this primal fear of large cats that can kill me. Now imagine you're in a graveyard. There's no fence between you and anything else, and you hear the roar of a lion. The story says that as the lion attacked, Samson grabbed it with his bare hands and tore it apart. You see, he's given something, a strength that will help him in his purpose. And the story, all these stories of the, the Chauffettes, all these characters, all these heroes, they all have different strengths. Samson's just happens to be, his strength is also strength, which is fancy. Other ones, it's wisdom. Some people, you could tell they, you know, a situation would come that would be incredibly complex and they would navigate it with just such clarity and insight. Some of the Chauffette had used beauty. We talked about Esther a couple weeks ago. She used her beauty to save her people. There's all kinds of strengths that are used in order to create this purpose. And here's the thing that I want us to see, because we're not here to listen to a story about some divine Hercules kind of character. 
You know, we look at them and it's like, oh, he's super strong. There's nothing we can do. No, no, no. I think the story is saying, what are our strengths? What is the means by which you can achieve your purpose? I know some of you, everything you touch turns to money. I don't know how you do it. You find a business that's crappy and like 10 minutes later, it's like making tons of money. It's like magic. Some of you, you can walk into a room, instantly you can figure out who's uncomfortable and with like two words, you can make them feel comfortable. Some of you, the clarity of understanding of things is just so precise. Some of you can care way past when I'm already be like, okay, I've no more patience, no more caring. You can still care. The strengths that are in this room are incredible and varied and unique, as unique as each of us. When we talk about Samson's strengths, I want you to understand it through that lens of what strengths do we have? Because I believe we all have strengths. And if you're saying, but Vince, mine aren't very good. Oh. I wonder what they could be used for. On the way back from Timna, Samson. So he kills the lion with his bare hands, super strong, awesome. He comes back and he walks past the carcass of the animal, the dead carcass. Remember his rules, three things he's not supposed to do? But there's a beehive inside of the carcass of the dead animal and he likes his honey. And so he reaches his hand in and grabs some honey, touching a corpse. He's on his way to his wedding, licks his hand, I don't know, gets a sugar rush. Goes to his wedding, and this is the kind of person Samson is. It's, it's almost like our strengths and our character don't always align perfectly. Because Samson's a bit of a jerk. He goes to the, the wedding, and he has this bet. He says, I'm going to bet you, you guys can't solve this riddle. In the end, his wife kind of nags him until he gives her the answer to the riddle. He gives it to the people and he loses. And what he has to do is he has to pay two sets of clothing for 30 guests. Now, most of us would go to the store and buy 30 suits of clothing, right? Not Samson. Samson goes to the town of his new wife, kills 30 people, takes their clothing, and pays his debt. Now, this is where you get to the part where my running partner says to me, Vince, why exactly is Samson in the Bible? Why exactly should we pay attention to any of this? And I want you guys to snap this into a very clear framework. In our minds, Samson's a bully. But what about, remember, uh, was it last year? We read on the news the Ukrainian army had bombed the bridge between Crimea and the Ukraine. This famous Putin bridge that Putin was so proud of. They bombed it and they took out a good chunk of the bridge. What was our reaction to that? Did we think, well, was there people in the bridge? What's going on? Are we going, yes, the beleaguered nation of Ukraine is finally getting back at the bullies. 
These people that have invaded their country illegally, that have done this thing illegally, that are, you know, this little country, Ukraine, and this massive, you know, juggernaut, Russia. Anything Ukraine could do to get back at them is justified. That's how I want you to look at the story of Samson. There's this little nation of Israel, and there's this massive juggernaut, the Philistines, and the Philistines have constantly been doing horrible things to them. Anything they can do to get back at them would be like a win. The early readers would be reading the story of Samson going, yes! And if that's not enough, in reaction to killing 30 people, the Philistines find Samson's new wife and they burn her to death. It's an ugly story. Samson responds by taking a jawbone of a donkey and he kills a thousand Philistines in our mind this is hard to read but again beleaguered nation big bully anything Samson can do to get back at them is a win but now we get to the final part the song I won't explain it appreciate the call out You can buy me a beer and I'll go through it with you. Samson is between his nation and the Philistines. He he meets another woman. His whole narrative is based on meeting women and treating them poorly and being ridiculous with them. But he meets this woman named Delilah. Now, Delilah, we don't know a whole lot about her. We don't even know if she's Philistine or not. We don't know their relationship. We don't know a whole lot of anything. Tradition says she's gorgeous. Regina Spector thinks she has red hair. But Samson, like he does with everybody, falls in love with her. And there's a really interesting piece because the leaders of the Philistines realize that she's in bed with Samson and Samson is smitten. And they come to her and they say, we will pay you to tell us the, kind of the, what's his strength, where does his strength come from? Does anyone remember, we, we tried this already, but in the programming meeting, does anyone remember when Judas betrays Jesus, how much Judas has paid for that betrayal? Anyone remember? 30 pieces of silver, gold star. Justin, I'm not going to say anything, but she might have got the answer and you didn't. The leaders of the Philistines, five of them, come to her and offer her 1,100 silver pieces each for her to do this. For those of you who are math inclined, that's 180 times more than Judas was paid to betray Jesus. I tried to do the math to figure out how much that's worth in today's money. We actually have no clue. I will say this though. We don't know what that money would have meant to Delilah. We don't know her economic situation. This could have been the difference between eating and not eating for her and her family. This money could have been everything. We don't know, but it could have been. We also don't know the nature of the relationship between Delilah and Samson. Was Samson just smitten with her and she was scared of him? We don't know. And so our tradition that says, this story says that and they're going to paint with a big brush, women can't be trusted. 
I'm going to throw a big old caution flag on that and say, I don't believe we know enough about what's going on here to make any sweeping judgments about half of humanity. Is that fair? So she's offered a crap ton of money to do this thing. Now remember, Samson, in the early part of his story, he, he touches a dead body, and then the idea is, if you, do, if you break one of these commandments, whatever your strength is is going to go away. So for Samson, he'd been weak. For Jeff, he could no longer be charming. For Mike, no more making money. Sorry, dude, can't make money. Everything you do falls apart now. But it doesn't work that way. And so in, in my mind, when I'm, I'm reading through the Samson story, first I, think you're, first I think you're a bully. Second, I think you're an idiot. But then I realize, wait a second. He touches a dead body and nothing happens. And so now Delilah, who's paid a crap ton of money to figure out what the source of his strength says, Samson, you know, heaving bosom and all this, right? She's trying to seduce him. She's doing everything she can to try and get him to tell the answer, right? Samson, what's the you know, source of your strength? And he gives her all these BS answers and they play this whole game. At one point, his hair, she, he says, if you weave my hair into a, a loom, I will lose my strength. And so, you know, he's sleeping and she weaves his hair into a loom and he jumps up and there's a loom hanging off the back of his hair. I don't know. It's the weirdest part of the story. But then I think something kicks in, and this is Vince's interpretation. I think something in in Samson's mind says, you know what, this strength isn't from something else. This is who I am. I touched a dead body, and I didn't lose it. Why would I think shaving my head would make any difference? So he says to Delilah, take those scissors, cut my hair and I'll be weak as a kitten. Again, my reading is he doesn't think it's going to happen. I am strong. It's all about me. And so he falls asleep on her lap and she shaves his head bald. And then she calls in the leaders of the Philistines. And Samson jumps up thinking, I will show you. I will bomb your bridge. I will do that thing that gets back at you. Me, the person who is the figurehead of the nation of Israel against you big bad people, I will get back at you, but he's got nothing. And they beat the crap out of him. He has been a bit rude to them for the last while. But then they go a step further and they stab hot pokers into his eyes and they blind him. And then they prayed him around in front of everyone. The hero of the nation of Israel. Weak as a kitten. Blind. It makes me ask myself, Where have I let the strengths in my life wither away? Where have I been blinded to the needs of the people around me? 
Because you see that day on the QE2? If my brother-in-law hadn't have stopped, I would not even have seen that person. And I know how to change a tire. It's not rocket science. And even if it was something else, I could have gone in and said, do you have a cell phone? Do you have someone coming? Do you have, is there anything you need? And yet, I, like Samson, I'm blind and weak, doing nothing. There's this idea that we talked about in the um, Fearmonger series. Why is it that there's evil in the world? Why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people? And all the way through history, there's these different things of like, well, how do we overcome this? Maybe there's this resuscitation part or maybe there's gonna be an apocalypse where the, the supernatural characters come in and have this big battle galactica and you know, good will win over evil and then suddenly the world will be the way it should be. Jesus talks about that. In our lifetime, this will happen. It hasn't happened yet. And so the Friends Church answer to evil in the world is this. We believe we all have strengths. Things that we can do to bless the world around us. To take care of they. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. But if every one of us stands up in a moment and shares what we can with the world around us, suddenly the, the, the force of evil starts to get a little softer. You see a moment of injustice and you're like, hey, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second there. You see someone on the side of the road and you go, no, 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 I stop. That's what I do. That story so colored me I've been in like suits on the way to things changing tires. I'm like, I will not be that person who like Samson is blinded to the needs of anyone around me. I shouldn't have to wear a stop. I'm wearing a suit. We can look at the people around us who are dysregulated and saying, I can regulate you. We can use our money and say, no, no, I can make your world better by donating to you, volunteering. I'm thinking of... I uh, got invited to volunteer at the Rotary Home. Uh, Brad and Troy, I'm going to call you guys out. Sorry, guys. They have put incredible amounts of time to raising money through the Rotary Club for this thing called Dream Home. Raised a million dollars, or they'll raise about a million dollars? Sorry? Apologies. (laughs) $700,000 for charity. Why? Because they have time they have ability to drive food, and they're logistical masters. And they honed that into a force that could literally change the world. Think about what $700,000 could do to the people who really need it. We had a whole crew who volunteered at our casino, people who volunteered here, people who say, no, no, I want to be part of a group that inspires the world around us to make the world a better place, to take water, to be that force against evil. I, I don't have a whole lot. I don't have super strength. I know that surprises you all. It's true. I'm not that strong. <laughs> it's the small thing, though. I'm going to go and stand with an iPad, I think. It's my first time doing it. And sell 50-50 tickets to help raise part of that money. That's pretty easy. 
The other day I called my guy in my building who just had his knee surgery. It's like, hey, do you need anything? And I thought to myself, there's people in our community who would know exactly what to bring him right now. I wish I had that strength. The Friends Church answer to how do we deal with evil in the world is for each one of us to offer our strengths to the world around us to make the world better. The Samson story is he's weak as a kitten and blind. Remember, he is the hero of the nation of Israel. He's the person who's supposed to to solve all these problems and it's not working. He's now doing nothing. They bring him out into this party. All the leadership of the Philistines are there, this massive party. 3,000 people there, all the heads of state. And they bring out Samson to laugh at. Hey, look at the the hero of Israel. (laughs) Let's throw stones at him because he's weak as a kitten. And in a moment of some sort of divinity, Samson prays and says, please, give me back my strength for one minute so I can fulfill my purpose. And the story reads that he puts his arms around the columns at the center of the building. And he gets his strength back. And he pulls the roof collapses, killing all 3,000. All the heads of the Philistine nation and Samson. Think of the blow to the Philistine nation to have killed all their top leaders. I think Samson's story is a cautionary tale. It says, don't waste your strengths. Use them. We have this idea in our culture right now that says, if I have strength, if I have power, if I have something, if I have hierarchy, if I'm good looking or smart or rich, that's bad because that can be abused. And so we have this idea right now that says, anything that's powerful is bad. You should get rid of that. And I think the Samson story is saying, hold on a second. Maybe our privilege is the very thing that we use to combat evil, to make this world a better place, to take water. Instead of feeling bad and trying to suppress it, maybe what we need to do is go, no, 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 how can I use it? And the question is, for what purpose? If it's all about me, of course, yeah, that's gonna get ugly. But when we use it to make the world around us better, The Samson story starts with a story of strength that I believe we all have. His was a tortured tale through women, through stupidity, through all sorts of things. But in the end, he had a purpose. And he fulfilled that purpose. And so the question I want to leave you with today is this. What is the purpose of your strengths? Are you driving on the QE2 Lake Vince trying to get home? Or is your purpose, I'm going to look for people around who need me? 
Here's your purpose. I'm going to take care of me because no one's going to take care of me and, and no one's taking care of me and I, I have to take care of myself and I don't have enough for anyone else. Or you're saying, yeah, healthy eye. We talk a lot about that. But also I'm here to bless the world. Paul, one of the late writers about Jesus' time, says, what if we had this thing? He calls it a spiritual transplant. We have the spirit of God inside of us. It's not designed to be a spiritual concept for him. It's this idea of saying, instead of focusing all on me, I now focus on me and the world around me. So what I'm calling for today is this. I'm calling to say, could we think deeply about the purpose of the strengths of our lives? As varied and as amazing and as unique as they are, is there a strength that you can use to take water to your world? This story is my story, QE2 story. Jeff has his own. But it shaped Friends Church from that day forward. We are a community who tries to be healthy, but never just for the sake of I, always for the sake of how can I make the world around me better? How can I take water? And so as you leave today, I want to invite you to the same challenge that I'm trying to put myself to is who in the world can I take water to today? Can I do something for my wife? Can I do something for random strangers I'll never meet? Can I do something for my neighbor? Can I do something? If our eyes are looking for a group of people outside of us, if that's our purpose, and we see our strength as something powerful, this is the thing that can change the world. I believe we all have strengths. The question is, what is the purpose of those strengths? Samson, in the end, fulfilled his purpose. And I guess the question we have to ask ourselves is, will we fulfill our purpose? Have a great sunny day. Keep your eyes wide looking for the people around you. And let's make this world a better place. Thanks, everybody.